0: Hello and welcome to the IT News Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Webber. In this week's episode, we'll be speaking with Westpac's Chief Technology Officer, David Walker. We'll be learning more about Westpac's latest AI coding experiment, which saw a 46% productivity gain and its ambitions to roll out the tool to 1,000 engineers by the end of this year. We'll also learn what's next for the new capabilities and if its AI had a personality or a preference for music, what exactly would it be? For our listeners, just wondering, could you walk through what Westpac's AI coding experiment entails and what the bank learned from its testing?
1: Yeah, sure, Kate. So we set out with three hypotheses to test. And so this was our idea of how do we know if developers are more productive when they use an AI pair programmer? Are developers able to have a better experience? Do they enjoy it more? And the third one is do the do using an AI pair programmer, can that deliver equal or even better quality code versus sort of hand coding or manual coding? And they were the three things that we wanted to prove as part of this experiment. And we were able to say without doubt, all three were proven successfully. And to do that, we brought 60 odd developers around the bank together and we gave them a nice interesting task. So yeah, we're very excited about the results and very pleased that we could prove that these out, prove out as successful as this one. That's the point of experimenting, but this one was an overwhelming yes on all three accounts.
0: Yeah, it was quite good results as well. It was like 46% productivity gain with like no reduction in code quality. Uh, So that's quite an achievement.
1: Yeah. And yeah, we also got a whole host of other sort of interesting stats that came as well. So yeah, so 46% productivity. So We broke the 60 programmers up into four teams and we gave three of those AI pair programming tools, which were generative AI tools. And then the fourth team were our baseline team. They had to just go in there and hand code. And we did this over a couple of days and uh, gave them the same tests. They all had to do exactly the same thing. So it was very much a control thing. We measured a number of things. And as you said, productivity was one of them. And across the three teams that all got to use the generative AI tools, that was the net was 46% across all of them. So that was the average across all of them, which was just fantastic result. And we also saw other things like we asked some questions around repeatable codes. We looked at how much value they would get out of just boilerplate, simple code and things of like that. And even that got up over 68% reuse. That was one of the things they called out. So yeah, the results were pretty clear cut for us.
0: Yeah. It sounds pretty amazing. The stuff you guys are able to achieve and I was just wondering what specific AI technologies or algorithms you guys used when doing the experiment.
1: So we picked three tools, ChatGPT, everyone knows it. Everyone knows it since it came out. It's probably one of the most obvious brands around the world. They do have a coding capability. We also used Microsoft's GitHub Copilot. And we also use AWS Code Whisperer, And so those were the three generative AI tools that we used. And they're the ones that are somewhat most popular out there at the moment. And, and as I said, they were all very helpful. And so we gave the developers three those tasks that I talked about and then gave them those tools. And they didn't have much time on the tools. This is the other amazing thing. So if you think about that productivity, 46%, it's not like they had weeks of learning and training or anything like that. In fact, they had less than 24 hours where we just said, okay, you're in this team, this is your tool. You get to play with it a little bit. Next morning you come in, we're gonna gonna start the experiment. So it it wasn't like they had any real length of time to get familiar with it. So from that perspective, I think it, it can only get better, right? Once you're more familiar with it. And that's what we're seeing now come through as well as people are actually using it in real anger, as in real use cases, we're getting that sort of uptick.
0: Okay, 24 hours. <laughs> That's not long at all. Was there like a reason for that time frame?
1: There's practical reasons like pulling people off their day job, if you like. These people put their hand up and volunteered, so we didn't want to take them out. They actually all work across our bank doing things for our customers day in, day out, so we didn't want to take them out for a long period of time. And it was also an interesting experiment in itself. We wanted to understand these tools, on surface anyway, uh, look to appear to be so easy to use. they Essentially, you apply just the English language to it. You ask questions and up pups code. And so it seemed fairly straightforward. And we wanted to see what sort of learning curve there was on it. And that was part and parcel of it. So, again, we didn't set out to prove that wasn't one of the three things we we're trying to test. But it was a, certainly a, a lesson in terms of how easy it is and, and the fact that there's not a big ramp up time. So, yeah. But that's the
0: main reason. Yeah, and you say it's probably a great test of pushing that efficiency as well, I imagine. And I was just wondering, like, why it was important for Westpac to hold this experiment and how it all fits into the bank's broader long-term tech strategies? Yeah, look,
1: part of any company, like, you know, banks are by and large technology companies, you know, have been for many years. In fact, we're probably the original fintech, if you like. And even though Westpac's been around for over 200 years, it's also been at the forefront of technology for much of that time since technology became available to banks to operate. So we've been applying artificial intelligence, not generative AI for all that time. But you think right back to the late 60s, early 70s, when the ATM came out, that's probably the first type of of AI that we saw. So we've been adopting AI for many years and generative AI has been the la- last one of those. And so to us, it's about making sure that we keep on the forefront of technology, both to serve our customers. So when we're picking technology for our customers, but also for our engineers, we're in a you know fight with other companies to get the best engineers to come and kind of work at Westpac. And we want to make sure we offer them the best opportunities. And part of that is making sure we have all the latest tools and, and environments to work on. So keeping up to date with something like this, if you are an engineer out in the market then clearly you want to go to companies that are doing these sorts of experiments to test and learn and then adopt them where it makes sense and running this as an experiment was really important to us because we'd heard a lot of things there's a lot of hearsay information out there and whenever I probed a little bit into that hearsay information that's all it was there wasn't a lot of depth or science behind it and so I just wanted to do quite a short sharp test on that and that's what we did we did a formal experiment we wanted to be able to stand behind these numbers and then move forward with confidence
0: and as you say AI in its purest form has been around for many decades. So do you see this as just a natural evolution of what the technology's always been able to do? It's just a bit of a giant leap all in one go?
1: I think AI has been developing nicely since back in the the 50s and beyond, really. We've seen forms of it. And, And AI, the benchmark of what someone calls AI or artificial intelligence is constantly changing. People wouldn't think of ATMs as, as AI today, but it certainly was back then. And I think with that, that benchmark or that threshold continues to move forward. Generative AI was a reasonably big step forward. It was about a couple of years ago that we started to, within Westpac, starting to use generative AI. Not always in the world of experimenting or working with engineers, but it's been around for a little while now. But it's another step forward. It's a fairly large step forward to give us the power we need. And so certainly we see it as an important progression. Artificial intelligence, as I said, always been with us and probably will become more and more important going forward.
0: And I was wondering, the last we heard about this particular AI coding experiment was back in early June. And I was wondering how you guys have taken the results and progressed with that since then.
1: Yeah. So we've actually started to roll it out into a, a focused pilot which means it's now actually being used in real life coding rather than just an experiment. So we've, again, just kept the numbers to 60. So we've got 60 engineers building real code out there day and day. And part of that is really now about ensuring that we're streamlining the use of it, making sure the engineering experience is great, working with the teams to adopt it. And by the end of this year, we'll um, well before the end of this year, we'll have over a thousand engineers using it. And so that's the ramp up plan is underway now. And what we're seeing with it is that people are, are starting to, to get very familiar with it and work with it and you know the tools themselves are evolving at pace as well we always thought it might be a pair programming piece or it could be just a, a bootstrapping you know as in giving the engineers a little bit of code and support but we're finding that people are starting to get very familiar with it and work with it but we're finding that it's actually much more a pair programming experience meaning it's like having someone sitting next to you uh, another engineer giving you thoughts support and even code typing in some of the code for you and getting you moving picking out where there might be errors and mistakes in your code helping you write the unit test that was another big thing in terms of no one really likes to write unit tests when they're engineers if we're honest with ourselves so this just gives us a real easy way to do that and um, builds the unit test cases and things like that so we've seen a real support base it's like that support model for engineers and I think uh, we're really pleased to be rolling it out now.
0: Wow yeah a thousand engineers by the end of the year that's quite a target and I guess I was just wondering with that rollout how is the engineering team, or the Westpac team, adapting to this kind of new culture of this AI into its coding workflow? And if there are any concerns or apprehensions of that to be addressed, especially now, as you say, it's going to be more wide-reaching and into real code.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a good question, and it certainly was on our mind. If I go back to. Uh, part of one of the things we were testing was, will developers or engineers have a better experience with it? And so we did a lot of surveying before and after, and that was quite a an interesting reflection on how people felt about it. Engineers rightly were a little sceptical going into it as a cohort of 60 engineers coming into it. But by the end of it, I think there was a clear consensus that this was something they wanted to use and get into. And in fact, the 60 engineers that are using it today are the privileged ones. Every day, my team's getting requests from other engineers around the group saying, when can we get in? When can we get into it? So I think there's a there's definitely a, a positive vibe around it. But it was on our minds as well that it might not have gone that way. So we were checking in and testing that and surveying it. I'll share, Kate, with you a a couple of the quotes we got because we took some verbatims from people that were on it as well. And one of them says, honestly, my mind is blown how much this can potentially change the industry. It's still early stages, but certainly should be a must for every developer's tool chain. So you can sort of get the sense through the language that they're waking up to this being something useful to them. And that's the thing. It's not a threat. It's something they want. Another one that we measured was really about the experienced engineers versus people that are under three years, maybe in terms of their experience, so experienced versus non-experienced engineers. And one of the things we tested there was how will it allow you to do your job and learn on the job quickly if you're having to pick up a new language or a new skill. And even the most experienced engineers were saying 68% of them said it would really help them. And when you looked at the more junior developers, those ones, the ones that are under three years, they were saying 83% of them said, without doubt, this would help them learn and grow quickly on the job. So again, the value is coming through. It's either helping me do my job, it's taking the toil away from me, it's giving me time to focus on things that are important, or it's helping me learn, which I think reinforces the value that they see in it.
0: And you just mentioned now that AI is not a threat. So I guess Westpac engineer's have uh no threat of their jobs being taken over by the robots (laughs) just yet
1: that's right that's right we this is a, a pair programmer you know an artificial intelligence pair programmer that's sitting on helping them go faster and better and doing their jobs and kate you'll know this as as i'm sure you've spoken and written about this on many occasions about the shortage of talent in the industry yeah so this is just a great way of bridging that in. We're looking for engineers, and this, this doesn't mean that we're now done. We don't need any more engineers. This is quite the opposite. We still need lots of great, talented engineers. This is just going to make things you know, better and give them more capacity to do more things. And at the end of the day, that's what we're here to do, is write code to put things in front of our customers and our staff.
0: And I was wondering, you mentioned the banks now doing this for real coding and engineering within the bank. I was just wondering what teams and areas the bank is applying this in.
1: Yeah, so we have an internal engineering platform which we call the Westpac Mesh. It's roughly about 40% of our engineering happens through this mesh environment and the engineers work across a spectrum of things from our main mobile banking app, which our customers experience every day, through to the APIs that, that sit behind that, that provide the functional services like payment services and change of address services or get my balance inquiry, those types of things. And so this mesh team of the first engineers it's a a number of the squads that sit within that mesh environment they're starting to use it and so it, it is a spectrum of different engineers in different spaces that are starting to use it.
0: And just wondering, does Mesh stand for anything?
1: No, it's a, a, when we think about the sorts of technologies that we have or the architectures that we have out there today, we have things like service Mesh, which is the ability to connect lots of APIs together and provide that to channels and external parties and this idea of grouping or bringing together. And there's other forms of Mesh, like data Mesh, again, similar construct of lots of data products brought together in a single plane and making it available. So the mesh environment is is using service mesh and data mesh and the word mesh. So it's it's the connecting fabric where engineers come together to develop things on behalf of the bank. And so it's a play on those words, if you like.
0: And I was wondering, you mentioned earlier how much the engineers themselves are really enjoying how this new AI approach has really helped them, I guess, elevate their work and made them more efficient. I also understand helps with engineers who, I guess, code in different languages.
1: Yeah, if I can share with you, Kate, another quote that one of the team members just recently wrote, he said that, I have barely written any Python code, especially from scratch, maybe one script in my life. However, I was quickly able to get a functional Python code program to do exactly what I wanted simply by asking the AI some correct questions. So this is the power of it. So yes, they're a programmer. So they have the basic constructs in their mind. They understand how to develop applications in in an effective way, but they might not know the language. So giving them this allows them to get the syntax of the language right, but while actually thinking about the structure and things like that. So very quickly, they're up to speed. And if I think about it, I'm sure a number of your listeners who are engineers already, they'll be thinking, this is how we work already. We rarely write code from scratch. We might go to a library somewhere and pull down some existing code from somewhere, whether that's open source or internal source code. So a lot of engineers would do this together. This is just really doing that much faster and much more efficiently. And it's got a whole host of other things, don't get me wrong, it's not as simple as just a big library and pulling code in. It, it, it's more than that, but it's a, an extension of that. And I think that's why engineers are so familiar with it, because it fits their natural working patterns already.
0: And do you think this will help with the war for talent, since Westpac does have this capabilities that engineers coming on board will be able to access and play with and also I guess they'll be able to upskill a lot faster across different coding languages.
1: Yeah, I'd like to think so. I think what we have to offer is a very much an engineering first mindset inside Westpac. We elevated our engineers to be first class citizens of the bank. And as a result of that, we give them the space and the tools and the support they need to do what they do. And so whether you're an engineer internally inside Westpac, this is part of our commitment to making it better for you as an engineer to continue to develop. But it also is an attractor in the marketplace. There are people. Um, it's a it's a community of engineers out there, and they're in the they're listening to podcasts like this. They're out there in the forums, and they're talking with each other. And so you can't just put marketing stuff out there. You've actually got to really have the real thing. We have to turn up, and we have to make this work. And as a collective. And engineers will get to hear that. And those that are making choices about where they go, especially the talented ones, they're essentially got the choices of where they want to go. And we hope that we can put the right things in front of people. So, yeah, it's certainly um, it's what I hope is that it's going to position as well.
0: So with all of that do you think the success of this AI coding experiment will influence and change the software development landscape moving forward?
1: I think it must do. I think it's going to it's going to give engineers more time to focus on the things that they want to focus on which is really developing code for their customers. It's going to take away toil every job has toil and things that we don't like about it, I think it'll remove some of that for them, which is a good thing. And we're gonna see these tools continue to evolve. Where they go, where that ends is somewhat a crystal ball moment, but I think it's gonna continue to get better and we're gonna see that sort of into more more different languages. We're gonna get to see that become more and more sophisticated. The quality of code will continue to improve the ability for it to interact in a really positive way with the engineers in terms of supporting that collaborative nature, is going to change and get better. So, yeah, I think it will change the industry and certainly become quite quite a, quite an important thing for all engineers to understand how they're going to operate in this environment going forward.
0: And I was wondering, were there any unexpected or surprising results during the experiment?
1: I'd say there were probably a couple things. I think the, the takeaway that I had around how quick it was to learn things, I think that was a bit of a surprise to us all. I mentioned that before in terms of we threw engineers into languages they'd never seen before and they were developing better than and equally as good as other engineers who had those coding languages. So that that was quite a huge surprise. I didn't expect that to be such a positive result in it. I knew it would be a good productivity score. I didn't know it was going to be plus 46%. That's quite a material jump. That's quite exciting. And I think Probably the last thing I'd say, and I know I've, I've given you a couple of quotes from some of the engineers on it, but I was just surprised how positive they were. Those 60 engineers coming out the back end were all definitely supportive and fans of what was being done here. And I think that's quite unique. In, in a couple of days, given engineers by nature are, are rightly sceptical people quite often, and, and they came in with that healthy scepticism, But they left as fans, and I think that was a real positive and quite a surprise that it had won them over so quickly. And It was just them getting the chance to roll up their sleeves and play with something, which was great.
0: And has it led to Westpac being more open and, I guess, accelerating any other AI-driven initiatives?
1: It's woken up a number of people to other possibilities and so we're running a whole host of other things a couple examples for you so we're using generative ai in some of our internal data particularly around things like hr policies and processes so As an employee, go in and discover something and much easier than trying to go read on a website and pick out a form or do something, just ask a question and get the answer. So that's one of the things that we're doing right now. Uh, For customers, we're starting to run an experiment. This will go experiment first, and then we'll look at how to roll it out around mortgages, around our mortgage origination process. So very important to our customers, very important to the bank. And we want to have a look at how does AI support them in that process to make sure that the information that they're providing is full and complete so we're not wasting their time and we and we get that sort of throughput as quick as possible so we can make it, mortgage approvals go quickly through the system. Financial markets is another area we're looking at. Again, the financial markets bankers have a lot of products and a lot of complex policies. It's a complicated environment. It's very sophisticated in that sense. And so we want to make sure that the bankers that work in that space have all this information at their fingertips when they're talking to customers. And so having a generative AI model learn all that information and then, again, let the the bankers there just go simply, ask the questions and then get the answers back is a really powerful thing. And then the last thing we're looking at is we use Office 365 within Westpac like many other companies around the world and we're part of a, an early stage program working with them on how do we use generative AI inside Microsoft Word and PowerPoint and Excel as, a, as again a bit of an assistant sitting in there to support them and so we're starting some early stages of pilots and experiments with that one as well. So yeah lots of AI and that's not to mention fraud and other things that of course we're, we're in cyber and, and many other things that we're working on as well.
0: Okay, that sounds like a really great full plate of AI (laughs) projects in the pipeline for Westpac. Uh, So I guess what's next for the bank is quite a few AI-driven solutions on the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And balance with all that, you you asked uh, early on about how do we think about protecting our staff, our engineers, but it's as we think about all those experiments, we... Equally balance the ethical side of these things because we're signed up to responsible AI principles inside the bank. We're very conscious of these things need to be right. And so we have a very strong view on that. And part of everything we do is making sure that we do no harm. Behind that, there's a lot of specifics, but the essence of AI has the potential to do some great things. But we need to make sure as we roll it out. And that's why we're very cautious. That's why we use experiments. That's why we use pilots like this we want to know that these are safe uh, that's safe for our customers safe for our, our staff and employees as well that's very important to get that balanced right
0: yeah i imagine because the generative ai can be very authoritative with the way that it presents information so i imagine that is that uh, safety aspect of making sure the engineers and everyone else using it doesn't just take chat GPT's word <laughs> for example and that there's a actual uh, checks and balances in place for what it's generating. Absolutely. I did just have one question. It's a bit more of a fun one. It's in line with the theme of generative AI. And I did ask ChatGPT GPT if it would like to ask you anything about the experiment. And it said, hey, Westpac team, if the AI coding experiment had its own personality, what would it be like? Would it be the type to wear a bow tie, crack coding jokes, or perhaps be a coding wizard with a magic wand for debugging?
1: they're the only two options sure it's not a bow tie i wear a t-shirt every day so i'm not i'd go with the wizard i think that sounds like a bit more fun for me so for sure
0: Or without any of the options what do you think uh, its own personality would be
1: yeah look i think Westpac's personality it's jeans wearing t-shirt wearing type people that that just really care about having fun but but at the same time, taking engineering seriously, and that means writing some amazing things. So the personality is a very cool, laid back, relaxed type person.
0: Another question it has is: if it had its own theme song or soundtrack, what type of music do you think would represent the incredible forty six percent productivity gain achievement?
1: Oh, the music front—that's a good question. I think it's uh, the genre would have to be probably a bit of rock and roll. So bit of rock and roll.
0: Yeah, I guess rock and roll would fit. I think rock and roll when it first entered the yeah. scene it was very innovative and forward-thinking when yeah. it first hit the scene. Bit of a Chuck Berry in the background then while everyone's coding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, Kate, thank you very much for your time today and thanks for all your listeners for tuning in. I Just the last sort of comment I make is that uh, I truly believe that English or whatever your native language is, is likely to be the next coding language. And I think that's the idea I'd like everyone to to have a think about. It's a it may be a little controversial to some people to think that through. But to me, if you and I and everyone can use our just native language, English to in our case, to type something and get a get a piece of code back, that's pretty cool. So I think English is likely to be our next coding language is the thought to leave you with.
0: Yeah, it does seem to be quite the universal language. So I can see how, especially with something like this, it can very much unify people across different countries. So it definitely sounds pretty cool. I'm excited to see where it goes, especially with everything that you've discussed today about where else you guys are placing it.
1: Yeah, look, it's. Uh, I think we have more, more use cases coming in every day and I think that's just the excitement of the moment of what we can do. And so the team's just trying to give people inside Westpac to, as much as they possibly can consume around this stuff because I think it's important that we keep moving forward and yeah it's a very useful technology especially as you said this leap forward has been great.
0: And that was Chief Technology Officer David Walker speaking with us here at IT News all about Westpac's latest AI coding experiment. We'll be back next week with another great episode. To stay up to date with the latest in technology news be sure to check out itnews.com.au. Thank you.